on episode 21 of the EdTech Pod Squad. We're going to talk about starting a grant program in your school. We're going to talk about classroom STEM packs and a brand new Google EDU resource. Welcome to the EdTech Pod Squad, a monthly show where five Missouri EdTech leaders talk, share, and reflect on their own teaching and learning. The conversation with Josh Howard, Samantha Hardesty Knoll, Aaron Lawson, Jonathan Lee, and JP Presavento starts right now. Let's, uh, let's talk about who's here. Uh, I'm Josh Howard. I'm the Instructional Technology Coordinator for the Fulton Public School District, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Josh C. Howard. I'm Erin Lawson, and I'm the Director of Professional Program Development in the Orchard Farm School District, and you can find me on Twitter at Erin underscore Lawson 3. Hey, everyone. J.P. Presvento from Fox School District. You can connect with me on the Twitters at J.P. Prez or catch up with me at jpprez.com. Hi, everybody. I'm Samantha Hardesty-Knoll. I'm an instructional technology coach with the Wentzville School District, and you can reach out to me on Twitter at TechKnoll. All right, man. I'm so glad to be back here. I missed the last episode, so it's uh, such a thrill to be back with all of these wonderful tech coaches again, and uh, I'm so thrilled that I want to bring a brand new resource. Well, at least it's uh, new to me. Um, so I want to talk about something called Civil Air Patrol. So, uh, with uh, with Civil Air Patrol, it's it's kind of strange because you go there and their website is really um, not modern, I would say. Uh, and it's this is run by the United States Air Force, but what they do is they have a place where you can join them as an educator, and it's like I don't know, it costs like thirty dollars. But what they then do is uh, if you're an educate an educator member of the Civil Air Patrol, you can request uh, STEM resources. So I found out about this a uh, couple of months ago and I joined and I just got my first kit. We got some uh, a set of B-Bots for our uh, elementary classes. But if you go through their website and it's just gocivilairpatrol.com and we'll put it in the show notes to get to the exact link. But if you go in, uh, they have a link they for free books, free STEM kits, uh, free aerospace education award programs, uh, field trip stuff for kids. But f I focus on the STEM kits. So what they have on there, you can get drones, um, Sviros, they have weather stations, robotics, rockets, all just tons of awesome stuff that you can get. So I really recommend it just because like once you're a member, everything is free from that point. They send it to you and you don't have to send it back. You get to keep it. And all they ask in return is that you give them a, just a report of how those STEM kits, how you use them, send them a couple of pictures of your kids using them and you get to request another one. So uh, I don't know, as far as I know, not a whole lot of people know about this program, but it's been really great for us and I highly recommend um, Anybody out there who does anything with STEM, if you know a teacher who does STEM uh, units or projects, this is a really great resource for that. I was just going to say that sounds awesome. I'm, I'm over here on the website right now checking it out. And uh, I will say the, uh, the trickiest part of it is the way to sign up for it is really hard. They have, it, it probably would scare a lot of people off. Their, their online form doesn't really work. I had to fill out a paper form and actually fax it to them. 
Uh, you can also email them a PDF, but that was the quickest way for me to do it. They are really responsive though. They got back to me very quickly. So uh, yeah, definitely check that out. Um, and so uh, Sam, you're gonna tell us about some Google for Education resources, right? Yeah, so I just wanted to share out um, a new addition that Google has added to the Teacher Center. Um, they're doing this eight week email series called Getting Started with Google for Education. And they'll deliver just a little bite-sized chunk of getting started with, um, with Google. And they'll send it to your email every week. And it just might include like a, a video-based tutorial. Um, and it, it's gonna be less than 15 minutes. So it's really a workable chunk for our teachers. And just think for those teachers um, who are feeling a little overwhelmed in the Googleverse, that this might be a great place for them to get started, get their feet wet, get a little bit more comfortable with some of the Google education tools in their classroom. And once again, I, I added that direct link onto the show notes as well. And that direct link is actually gonna take you to be able to register for it. For these tutorials, when you register, is it just a video or is there like a thing where the teachers will actually use it like they'll do a thing with it we don't know yeah so you know what i really like about this um it's you know so they have a series of videos so like this week's for example that came in my inbox on tuesday it is lesson two it's all about google docs and they give you a couple of video you know it's short videos and some of them have a like a call to action or a try this afterwards um, the thing that I like is it's chunked out. So this week's lesson, like I said, it's seven minutes long and that's split between five different mini lessons all around Google Docs. I think this is actually a really cool resource for us to utilize because like, I think about, you know, three quarters of the people on the call today, we are without Jonathan, uh, three quarters of us are singletons in our district. And, you know, so we're spread thin. So this is a really good resource for some of that introductory base level Google training that maybe we, you know, we can't provide a personal touch point for all those teachers. We can maybe get them started with this resource and then follow back around with them. In uh, Orchard Farm, we require our new teachers to be Google level one certified by the end of the school year. Do you think that this would be a really great resource for those guys to kind of work on it throughout the school year? I think that as folks are gearing up for that level one, if they say, hey, you know what, I'm level negative three right now, I need to work up to zero before I take that level one test, this is a great resource for them. Like if you have someone who's just coming in and say, you know what, my undergraduate university didn't really provide any training in instructional technology, I'm a bit lost, this is a great place for them to start. Some of our more seasoned veterans who are maybe trying to wade into collaboration and Google tools for the first time, an equally great resource for them. Perfect. And what I'm thinking about doing is then repackaging these so that next year my teachers at the beginning of the year can get all eight sets of lessons at once in a pretty package for them to go learn from. Just, I'm on their website right now and uh, just looking at this, I like the idea of uh, these, they're less than 15 minutes. It looks like they're going to cover a lot of ground as far as all those Google for Education apps. But we're in my district we try to do as much of our professional development flexible so this i just really feel like the coaching model where you get 100 people in the room at the same time doesn't really always work for everybody so i just really like it when 
some of these places come up with new and kind of interesting ways that you can access their training materials. And I want to just like shout out Google, like this is a great step in the right direction. It goes right to your inbox. It gives you a way to apply it, which is better than just a video. I really like the idea that they include the place where you can kind of, you get challenged and can kind of play with that stuff too. So I think that goes a long way in the professional development of teachers, making it flexible, but also giving them a way to kind of show their, their learning with that. Um, all right, um, let's move into our featured content. So today we are gonna talk about grant, uh, kind of establishing grant programs in our district and getting money out to teachers for projects and stuff. So I think it would be a good idea if we just go around and everybody kind of just talks about what you've done with that. Who, have you done a grant program with your district? What did that look like? How did you implement that? So uh, we just started, um, we just did actually a grant for the first time within our district uh, for our teachers and uh, for us, it, uh, it was the FETC conference um, that's down there in Florida. Uh, it's a tech conference and we ended up having uh, three tickets to go to this conference. Um, Andy Wall, our innovation teacher at Discovery Elementary, he got one of the tickets because he's presenting. Um, I got a second ticket to go and then we had this third ticket hanging out there. And so we were trying to figure out, well, what can we do with this ticket? Because I mean, it was like $1,200 worth, you know, it's, it's a pretty awesome deal. Um, and so we decided to do um, a grant, basically kind of like a contest to see who could take that third ticket to go to the FETC conference. And so I'm going to say I'm a little jealous that I didn't have an opportunity to apply for that one. I hear that's in Miami. <laughs> Me too. We had to watch all those and it was like, oh, come on. In Fox last year, we did um, a grant application process for two class sets of iPads. Um, so we actually had two carts of 15 and we opened a grant application grant window up for all of our library media specialists to apply to get this for their school to be housed in the library. And it was a really cool process. And as we get going in the conversation, we'll talk a little bit more about it. In Wentzville, we did uh, something similar and we actually, so we do uh, Google educator group level one and level two. But last year we decided to take that one step further and we did a level three. And we kind of um, took it in the direction of like an innovative idea. And so the teachers that joined us, they actually did like shark tank pitches to our administrators and our an administrative panel. And then um, after they went through all of that, then we were able to use some department money to help fund the things that they are going to do in their classroom. So I'll just say anything like this. I mean, the closest we've done is uh, we'd, we established an innovations, basically a lead team and the teachers had to apply for that. And they, they weren't, they didn't get a grant, but they get like a device and they get access to resources and materials that not every teacher gets, but we're, we're, we're trying to establish like leadership in that area. So that's kind of the direction we went with it. I am very excited to hear more about what you guys are doing with these things. So um, let's talk about how you guys got started with these. What, uh, what kind of application did you do and what did you require uh, teachers to present whenever they were trying to get some of this grant money, get access to some of that stuff? 
So for um, our FETC one, uh, basically, first of all, it was focused on a K-12. So anybody K-12 could, um, certified staff, could apply for this grant. And uh, our teachers had to think about a lesson that they did with their students involving the use of technology. It could have, it had to either occur last year or this year uh, to try to keep it current. Um, they had to submit a two and a half minute long video um, talking about it, uh, what that lesson was, a description of it, um, why did you choose to integrate technology into this particular lesson, what tech did you use, what standards, ISTE student standards did you uh, hit, uh, what, what went well, you know, what would you do differently? And also they had to have a student voice uh, portion in the video as well with students talking about what they liked about um, that lesson. And so they just, they had to submit that two and a half minute long video and then they also had a Google form that they had to fill out for me just uh, for a little bit more detail on what, what it was that they did. So ours, um, like I said, we had this grant process where we had carts of iPads that we wanted to deploy to our libraries and you know unfortunately we have 18 libraries but we could only afford two carts so I kind of decided that we need that we should do a grant process to figure out who should get them and you know this is also part of a pilot that as our funding opened up we were hoping to continue to deploy more of these we call them creation stations to our libraries so, you know, we kind of had a, a very basic application where we had teachers, um, or I'm sorry, we had our librarians where they had to talk about the type of PD that they had done, um, you know, how they wanted to use iPad in their library. They actually had to get Apple teacher certified in order to apply because we wanted them to show a level of investment in this. And then the last thing that they had to do, they had to either already have a green screen or chroma key background in their space, or they had to have a pretty detailed plan on how they were going to get one installed to really make the, make the most of this. And then for, for my teachers, they had to have participated in GG level one, GG level two. So they were certified level one educators, level two educators. Um, and, and then they had to, uh, that kind of got them into the group. And then from there, they really went through the design thinking process and came up with a problem that they saw was part of our educational community and how they were going to solve it. So it sounds like some really uh, innovative and interesting ways that you are asking teachers to share that stuff with you. Sometimes that can limit the amount of people who feel like they're qualified who can actually apply. How did you guys feel about the number of teachers you had actually kind of turn out for the, that grant money? Were you surprised, kind of underwhelmed about applications? I know for me, I was definitely surprised, a little underwhelmed. Uh, I did not have as many people turn in an application as what I had hoped. And um, just because I was like, oh my gosh, this is like a four day conference, you know, in Miami. I mean, this is going, it's like a big tech conference. I mean, we were all about um, tech and learning new tech here at Orchard Farm. I just thought that, you know, people would really jump on it. Um, but because of the timing, because of when we needed to register for the conference um, and get our hotel and all of that kind of stuff, it pushed 
it pushed it back and made this contest, uh, this grant application, it happened in October. And you know how October is. And then with parent-teacher conferences and all of that kind of stuff, um, I think that some of my teachers were definitely feeling overwhelmed around that time anyway. Um, and so they just, I just didn't have as many submit. Um, an application for the grant as what I thought, but out of the ones that did, I'm, I mean, they, they, they still did a really great job. You know, the thing that I think is really interesting about that is I think about like timing and especially for something like that. Like when you first started talking about it, Aaron, the thing that came in my head was, well, you have such a large applicant pool, right? Every teacher in your district is eligible to apply for this. Mm -hmm. But then as I start thinking about those things that might cut people out, like it's four days. Maybe I don't have someone to take care of my kids. Maybe I have this going on. Maybe, you know, I am a coach and I have responsibilities for this group at that time. I just think it's interesting that we see these groups that start out as, wow, I, I have access to everyone. We really, we only have access to a, a certain number of people. So I think yeah. when, we're, when we're thinking about how many people are applying for those kind of things, it's important to kind of on our and temper our expectations and understand that everyone doesn't have that same oh my gosh, I'm so excited to go to Florida for a four-day tech conference as we have. You're totally right. <laughs> so, so, I guess, uh, so, oh, go ahead, Josh. No, go ahead. If there uh, Any other insight on how you felt about the number of applications coming in, guys? Anybody? I always, um, it is always a surprise to me. Like RGG groups, they run, um, you know, we'll have 35 elementary, 35 secondary um, that, and that's out of a pool of 150 or however big the number is. Um, and then when we go to level two, that number cuts in half easily of those people that want to continue on with the commitment of going to level two. So um, we had we only had 15 people in our level three that went through that cohort last year. Um, but those 15 people were the runners in our district. They were by far the people who really are, are change makers and change agents. So even though it was a low number, um, there was a lot of amazing things going on in that room. You know, here, here's what I'll say about that as well. Kind of piggybacking on my, la on my own comment, I guess. So my applicant pool, I had 18 librarians who were eligible to apply and I, I think at the onset, I expected 18 applications. Um, but so I think, you know, it's important to when you're developing an application for this to think about the rigor that's involved in what you're asking people to do. You know, so what's most important to you? Do you want to get everyone to take some sort of investment in the process? Or do you want to create an application that's going to only get the people who are most serious and most interested in the opportunity to apply? Because for me, asking people to get Apple teacher certified, that was a barrier that cut some people out. But looking at it, you know, in hindsight, I'm glad that I had that barrier in there because I really only wanted people who were serious about applying to put their name in the pool. Because if you weren't willing to invest the time in the Apple teacher certification, I questioned how much time you were going to invest into, you know, learning around the iPad and deploying lessons and working with classrooms and figuring out the best way to use these devices to get kids to create original, meaningful content instead of just tossing a math game at them. I think uh, just from hearing what you guys are saying in my experience, I th a lot of this goes back to, and I'm sure we've already done this episode, but trying to engage those people who aren't those high-flying, like, rockstar teachers it just makes me think like uh, we have our public school foundation retired teachers 
I write grants for those every year and I know I'm going to get them because I'm the kind of person who chases that stuff and does it a lot. You almost have to go and beg teachers to take advantage of these amazing opportunities. And at that point, you're like, if I have to beg you for it, maybe you aren't the right fit. It's just hard. It's like you have to decide, do you want to open it up to a wide group of people and get people who aren't as serious? Or do you want to make it a little more uh, difficult to jump those hurdles, but then you have people who really want it. It's, it's, it's kind of hard. When you get, but when we get those applications, so using those, how did you score them? How did you decide who the, who the winners were going to be out of that pool that you ended up with? For me, um, because I had four submissions, um, it, it kind of made it a little easier. I wanted to make sure that I didn't touch any of it and I didn't want anybody in my district to touch any of it because we are so small. Um, I was just like, nope, let's just kind of go outside of our district and see what we can do there. And, uh, and so basically I reached out to all of you. I mean, my ed tech. You had a squad, really amazing group of people grade those. I, mean, I did. I really best. did. I really did. My ed tech pod squad friends right here. You guys did. And, um, and then I reached out to, uh, some of our ETA, uh, board members and, and ETA members as well. And just had a great pool of tech people that could really look at these things and see what my teachers were doing because you guys didn't even know who those they didn't you didn't even know who those people were um, you could really just focus on the content and let me know what you thought about their lesson and what they submitted so I thought that was really cool so Aaron at the end of the day how many people did you have score them and were you going for just as many as you could get or did you have a certain number of judges in mind I was just going for as many as I could get so I had 10 people um, by the end score, which I was happy with. That was fine. Sam, what's that, what did that look like for you guys with your Shark Tank? Yeah, just because of the nature of how we did ours, it was different. Um, we didn't have a scoring guide per se, but what we did do is we went through and did several iterations of what is the problem, what is, this, what is the solution, and we brought in a lot of our heavy lifters in the district, so kind of our assistant superintendents, our directors, and we, they pitched to them and then they provided them feedback about their solutions and what they were proposing. And then that just gave the teachers the opportunity to go back and kind of reflect upon what they were proposing as a solution to their perceived problem. And then they came back for that final pitch to the director of technology and myself. And from there we were able to, um, determine kind of where the funding was going and and actually some of our you know one of our pitches was creating a digital citizen curriculum um, to help guide our students in our district that was picked up by our teaching and learning directors and this year it's formed an entire cohort that are in the middle of a book study and they're getting ready to um, write curriculum on it. That's really cool. I really like the open-ended nature of that Shark Tank style, just because it allows like all the different stakeholders in the district to say, hey, this is a great idea, something we never thought of. Boom, let's throw some money at that. But it's not just, you know, one or two people who have to end up putting all the money forward on something like that. So one, oh, go ahead. A, it was, sorry, Josh, but or, on the organization end of it, it was so difficult. We didn't know how much money we were working with. We didn't have any of those things to set out ahead of time time to say, we have $5,000 to spend on problems and solutions. We simply said, bring your problems and your solutions, and we'll see 
you know, at the end of the day, we'll see how we can fund that. Do you think you'd do it differently next time? Like, would you tell people, here's the pool and here's what we're willing to give or do you, was it worth it? Not at all. I think the only person that was really stressed out about it was me. Um, I, but I don't, we didn't want to limit what teachers were thinking because who knew there, a, a huge idea could come out of it that would spark a big change. And so we just left it open and I would do it the same way. Very cool. Some really great ideas there uh, about getting that money out to teachers. So when you let the teachers know when it was time to kind of announce, hey, here are the people who did it. How did you do that? How did you celebrate those teachers? What are some of the exciting ways that you were able to uh, get, get the word out about uh, all the amazing things you were about to throw some money at? We, um, I got together with my PR guy and we, you know, made this big like sign like you are going to FETC woo, and everything and like did this whole video like we were trying to pretend like it's that oh what's that thing that's on TV where the people deliver the big checks to Publishers um, Clearinghouse oh, like, yes. like oh yeah Ed McMahon Publishers yes yeah so we were trying to go for something like that so <laughs> so we, we all had like the assistant principal principal at the middle school like we all had like different things like a flamingo and just had all like just I don't know balloons and all sorts of stuff and we're like okay we're heading down the hall and we're going to go and surprise Miss Bruno because she's going to FETC and then it shows us like walking down the hall in the video and then we burst into her class classroom and surprised her and gave her all the stuff and told her she won and everything like that and so yeah our PR guy caught all of that and um, created a little video for us and posted it on Facebook and Twitter and stuff so that was really fun. I saw that it was a really cute video. That's Thank awesome. you. So I went in I went to you know once the team had selected the excuse me the two winners I actually went to a faculty meeting for each one to do a quick announcement um, so they could be surprised with their whole, with their whole staff there. It was a real nice little, they're like, hey, we're so excited, kind of building some momentum towards the new tech they're getting. Mine was a little um, less exciting. Really, we, we really just kind of met with those teachers individually to talk specific about their needs and then just kind of did the old prize patrol and showed up. You know, one of the one of our teachers wanted to start a podcast. And so I got to go to his room and take in a, a Mac and some mics and all sorts of wires to help him out and iPads to another classroom for a teacher who's trying to do more blended learning. So it was a little, little le less uh, celebration and just kind of trying to move the work forward. I wouldn't complain if somebody showed up to my classroom with a brand new computer. That sounds like a really cool way to uh, share the, that, that exciting news. So once they knew and you were getting stuff out, how did you follow up with those recipients? What, what, how did you guys keep in touch and make sure they were staying on track with what they were doing? So, you know, what JP was talking about with that investment piece, I think that um, I had actually had some other requirements beyond the, the two and a half minute video and things like that. I actually had some things that required um, an investment from whoever was chosen to go to this conference. And so some of that, they have to meet with me um, to talk about uh, the needs of the district um, so that way then they're making sure that whatever sessions that they are attending at FETC will, will meet the needs of the district. They also had to meet with their building principals to find out what the needs of their building are too. 
Um, so they have to, they have to do all that work up front. Um, also, they have to meet with me to actually plan out um, their four days down there in Florida um, because because it's a long conference and we just really needed to make sure that hey, here are the sessions that you said that you're going to attend and let's plan this together. Um, and so we had to make sure we got all that, you know, all set. And then during the conference, we're going to have debriefing time. Um, I actually got that idea from Wentzville. You guys are always so great whenever you go to conferences together, the three of you, and actually and Greg too, when he's there with you, the four of you guys always have debriefing time to talk about what you learned. So I love that idea. Um, and so during the conference of myself and Andy Wall and our winner, um, the, the her name's Jackie, so she's coming with us, Jackie Bruno, and she, the three of us will all meet to gather notes and ideas and resources and just really try to make sure we stay um, organized. And then after the conference, and this is what I think really made um, some other teachers really nervous, they actually will have to plan, um, plan and create and implement some professional development and actually present during our tech day here in our district and present also in their building and that sometimes can be scary to do those kind of things and I think that was the part that scared some people but I was looking for somebody that can um, kind of do it all basically. So for us, um, you know, after we announced the the grant winners, I actually over the summer had some PD planned for implementing iPad in the um, elementary classroom and then implementing iPad in the secondary classroom. And the expectation first was that, you know, those teach the those librarians and teachers from their school attended that workshop together. Um, and that was originally to be followed up by lots of one on one and coaching with me this year. Fortunately, that second part isn't quite coming to fruition because of um, new opportunities presented to me inside of my district to take over some of the PR stuff. So I haven't been able to dedicate that kind of time to it. But you know, I think the 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 point there, though, is to make sure you know, if you have um, a process where you're rolling out new tech to really be intentional with now we've given we've given them this. So where are we going to have additional touch points to check in on how it's being used when it's being used where it's being used and what we're doing with it. And for me, those people that um, walked through that cohort with us last year, those are just really my go-to people in my building. So they're the, they're the ones that if I am in their building, I'm going to pop into their classroom. I'm going to check and see how things are going. Um, it kind of depends on which, what their problem and solution was as to how uh, we necessarily follow up. But for sure, because they are um, really kind of form some leadership in our district. They are definitely just people that I'm in contact with frequently. Just to kind of wrap this up, and if people are gonna to try to have some takeaways for beginning to create some sort of in-district grant program, how, how did you guys get started with this? Where did the ideas come from? Did you put people together to kind of brainstorm? Do you have, do you have a committee? Like, how did you guys just get started with implementing all this stuff? For me, you know, a lot of this really started with the tech leaders team that we have here in Fox. And quick shout out to Aaron. Aaron's had a tech leaders team longer than I have. And, you know, we've talked before about, you know, how she's helped me kind of get that group formed. But a lot of this work really started with the tech leaders team. You know, we knew that we have so many Chromebooks and Chromebooks are great devices for consumption, but we needed something that was a little bit more intentional with giving kids an opportunity to create content. 
that came at the same time the iPad prices really went down as they focused on education. I took that to the team and said, hey guys, we have this money. Here's what I think we ought to do with it. Let's beat it around a little bit. And they were all really excited about it. They're excited about the target audience and really making sure that there was a grassroots, um, you know, beginning to it really helped out so that it wasn't something that said, you know, this guy who's out of touch with the classroom said, we need this. So some people try and get it, um, you know, having it really come from the tech leaders scored by the tech leaders awarded by the tech leaders really is what made, I think, a, a successful process. I know for me, for this one, I mean, this was, you know, we had the, you know, this one's a little different because we had these three tickets fall into our lap and that, that's where we kind of had to make this, we had to make the decision. So, you know, I represent the district side of things. So that was my one ticket and Andy represents the innovation teachers. And so with that third ticket to go to this conference, we were just kind of like, well, who, who would be the best person to take that third ticket? Okay, well, we could send an administrator. Okay, an administrator could go. So, but then administrators getting maybe just this one focus or this one side of things. And I needed somebody to come back and do PD, uh, do the same things that my tech leaders are doing. And so for me, it was just the, the easiest decision to, you know, to try to get a K-12 teacher. And in our district, for us, um, it, it came from the teachers. The teachers had been learning together for a couple of years and um, increasing their Google skills by going through uh, level one and level two. And so they really just said, we, we want to continue on and we want there to be a level three. So then it became a process of what's next now that you've got you know, these advanced Google skills, what can we do next? So, I mean, I just asked that last question because it I think whenever you start something new like this, it requires a lot of people to be on board and it moves from becoming, for example, if I were to implement something like this, I would worry about it being a thing that I had to babysit from beginning to end. And I think it's important with this that you get everybody on board, you get everybody at the table working together and everybody ultimately kind of buys in to the value of it. So great conversation about this. Uh, thanks for all of your great experience and expertise with this. And uh, speaking of buy-in, we hope that you guys will buy in to the EdTech, pod uh, the EdTech Pod Squad on Apple Podcasts and leave some feedback on Anchor and connect with us on Twitter at EdTech Pod Squad. And also check out our website, edtechpodsquad.com. You can find all of our episodes and show notes there as well. So another great conversation, another great episode. Let's go around the horn here and tell everybody who we are again. Uh, my name is Josh Howard. I'm in uh, Fulton, the Instructional Technology Coordinator there. You can find me on Twitter at Josh C. Howard and my website, joshchoward.com. And I'm Erin Lawson, uh, Director of Professional and Program Development in the Orchard Farm School District. And you can find me on Twitter at Erin underscore Lawson3. I'm J.P. Presavento from the Fox School District. You can connect with me on Twitter at J.P. Prez, on the web at jpprez.com. And just real quick, um, I know Aaron and I have the, some of the resources we use for our uh, grant projects, and we'll make sure we include those in the show notes today. I'll also say bye for our good buddy, Jonathan Lee, the resident Microsoft expert who could not be with us today. Connect with him, though, at jleetechpercent and send him your favorite Microsoft gifts. <laughs> And I'm Sam Hardesty-Knoll, Instructional Tech Coach with the Wentzville School District.
Oh, and you can reach me at Twitter <laughs> at Technol. And Sam, your Twitter <laughs> handle. Thank you very much. Thank okay. You. Well, uh, that's it for us, everybody. Uh, we will see you next month with another brand new episode. Happy Thanksgiving. See ya. Yeah. This has been another episode of the EdTech Pod Squad. We will see you next month for sharing and reflecting with Josh Howard, Samantha Hardesty-Knoll, Aaron Lawson, Jonathan Lee, and JP Presavento. 